that you all who have braved the elements and braved the weather and uh, uh, what a blessing it is to, uh, to have all of you present with us. You, did you guys know that today is New Year's Eve? Are you aware of that? We are on the eve of a new year. Anybody aware of that? You all going to stay up till midnight and then when the The clock strikes midnight. You're going to make all of your resolutions for the year. I'm told that uh, some of the most famous and most likely resolutions every year uh, include exercise, weight, and diet. I mean, I think a lot of that has to do with uh, the fact that over the last week, we've probably binged ourselves more than we should have, and there's still probably chocolates lying around the house with plenty of cookies to go along with it, and we've stuffed ourselves maybe more than we ought to have, and so the resolution comes, we should just lose a little weight. My suggestion to you is that perhaps there is a resolution that is a little more important That there's something that the Lord would have us uh, be resolute with uh, that's more important than maybe a little more exercise and a little less weight around the belly. I think there are some things that maybe as Christians we this morning can come and be resolute about. Maybe you can make your uh, resolution in regards to, to... Beginning to live a Christian life. Now, now here's where we get ourselves in trouble. We can come even with all of the best of intentions about uh, having a resolution uh, to live better the Christian life. And we say to ourselves, this year I'm just going to try harder. I'm going to do more. I'm going to engage in a lifestyle and a code. And I'm going to obey all the rules and all the regs. And and I'm just going to be a better Christian. And I, I granted, that sounds wonderful. And all of us, probably to a person in the room, could do a little better job of following Jesus. But it's following Jesus that we need to get to. Sometimes I think uh, when we come to this time of year and we make a resolution, we try harder at just obeying an external code. We, we try and obey maybe a, a Christian subculture with all of its regulations and, and we just say to ourselves, I'm just going to do that code better and if I just get that code right and if I just get that code, uh, uh, if I can just obey it a little harder this year than I did last year, then, then the Lord will be pleased with me and my life as a Christian will be better this year than it was last year. Some of this external code might, might be something like, well, uh, as long as I belong and vote for the right political party, then, then, then I, I'm, I'm a little further in the right direction. I'm stepping out. I'm, I'm going to do right by God and he'll be pleased with me. Uh, maybe, maybe it's, um, you know, we all would say, hey, you, you should give your money to the Lord. But maybe somewhere someone has said and suggested uh, that not only uh, should you give your money, uh, but you should give all of your money uh, that you're going to give. It's got to come to the church. It's got to be on the gross, not the net. 
and that you couldn't give outside of the church. It's got to be here. Maybe someone somewhere has, has said that to you, or there's an external code somewhere that you think, well, if I were to do that this year, then the Lord really would be pleased with me. Now, maybe, maybe, it's, maybe it's your stance on some political, uh, uh, political uh, environmental something, right? Uh, maybe that's a piece of litigation and you think, ah, as a Christian, I need, to, I need to stand here on this particular issue and not over there. I mean, we have all sorts of external codes that we might have. How much can you drink before you're uh, you know, not okay and what you drink and when you drink it and whom you drink it with? Is it okay to, to have piercings? Is it okay to have more than one piercing in one ear? I mean, is it okay to put an earring in your nose or somewhere else? And these are all sorts of external codes that maybe as Christians we have at times begun to say, hey, we, we need to have a resolution and you should just obey all the right rules. If you were just to obey all the right rules and all the right regulations... Maybe the external rule is even something really good. Uh, it has uh, at its core something valuable, but uh, can be an external code, a regulation, a resolution that we think, ah, oh, if I just tried harder, maybe it's, maybe it's just that uh, if I just did my devotions 20 minutes every day, right? 20 minutes every day, and if you're really going to be holy, if you're really going to be a better Christian this year than last year, then you're going to get up at 4.30 or 5 o'clock in the morning and do it then, right? Because the really extra super spiritual people will get up early to do 15 or 20 minutes of a devotion, right? Are you aware of some of these codes, these external rules and some of us may have come in going, you know what, I'm, I'm going to come to church and it's a new year and it's the dawn of something else and I'm going to make a resolution and I'm just going to please God better. I'm going to do more. I'm going to work harder. I'm going to obey all the rules and get it all right. And God will be pleased with me. And there was the Apostle Paul and he was dealing with the church that was dealing with the whole slew of external codes, rules, regulations. And there was a, a group of people from a, 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 the home church, the mother church in Jerusalem, and they were coming to visit uh, this church that Paul was writing a letter to. And they were coming from Jerusalem, and they were saying things like, well, in order to be a really good Christian, in order to have all the right spirituality, in order to be better this year than you're going to, you were last year, then there's just a few external things that you have to do. Oh, I know. I know that you've accepted Jesus. I know that uh, you consider yourself uh, under the saving grace of Christ right now. Uh, but there's just a few things that you don't have yet. And I want to bring them to you. I want you to do them. And if you do them, uh, then, then you will find yourself in a culture of God's wonderful spiritualness. And they were coming. And they were saying things like, well, if you were to obey, 
If you were to obey, in particular, uh, this rite of circumcision, they were Jewish, and they were coming down into a Gentile church in Philippi, and they were saying things like, if you were especially to be circumcised, you would recognize that your life gets better spiritually. Oh, and, and, and by the way, if you were to, to uh, maintain all the right dietary laws and food restrictions, then your life would just be better, and you would be better. You would be a better Christian. You would grow spiritually if you would just simply engage in these, these rules and these regulations, and everything would go well with you. And Paul, uh, to this group of people who's struggling in the midst of this, uh, and maybe just like we are this morning, and, and what kind of resolution? we should be making in order to, to, to make our lives better as Christians. He approaches that and he says, there's a warning I want you to be aware. He comes to that Philippian church and he says, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. They could cause you great harm. The subculture that they've tried to create, these external codes and rules that they have, have given to you, be, be aware. Beware of anyone, in fact, who would, who would try and define your spiritual life and your spiritual behavior. Beware. He's going to say, I've tried it. I've been there. I've done it. And it's not working. It doesn't work. It didn't work. And it won't work. And he tells us why. Why it doesn't work. Why it's a bad idea for us to, uh, to try and make ourselves you know, obey some external code outside of Christ. So join me, would you? Page 819 in your pew Bibles, if you... If you don't have a Bible with you, Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Paul opens with a warning. Philippians chapter 3, verse 1. Uh, Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It's no trouble for me to write the same things to you again, and it is a safeguard for you. It's a safeguard. Watch out for those dogs. Watch out. Those men who do evil. Those mutilators of the flesh. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reasons for such confidence. If anyone else thinks that he has reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. For whatever was to my profit, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. 
What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of, of sharing in His sufferings, becoming like Him in His death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. Paul says there is a warning for anyone who would try and make a resolution uh, to obey an external code. You see, they have come down and they have brought with them an external code. And primarily, it was, it was this matter of, of dietary regulations, Sabbath regulations, uh, circumcision regulations, because the idea going all the way back into Genesis was in order to be a really good Christian, you needed to be circumcised to show your commitment to the Lord. That you are now in covenant with Him. That you are now uh, in this relationship with Him. Do you notice do you notice what Paul says? Do you notice what he calls them? He says, watch out for those dogs. Now, this, this is interesting, actually. Because Jews often thought of Gentiles as dogs. Uh, throughout history, it has, has been uh, well documented that Jews often called Gentiles dogs. And in fact, um, there is a high probability that perhaps these Jews who have come down from the mother church in Jerusalem uh, have told the church in Philippi, uh, have gone to uh, the Christians there and have begun to tell a group of Gentile Christians, well, you know that you're not much better than a bunch of ravaged dogs if you're not willing to be circumcised. And so you can imagine, you can imagine the, the, the feeling by those sitting in the pews and those, those Christians in Philippi going, oh, well, I don't want to be a rabid dog. I want to be one who is considered spiritual, and so I'll just make a resolution. I'll go ahead and do what they want. And in fact, so uh, what Paul is doing here is he's turning the table on the Jews who say there has to be an external code, and he's saying, hey, let me tell you who the real dogs are. The real dogs are those who would create an external list, an external behavioral lifestyle, a subculture outside of Christ that everyone must obey. Those are the ones who are the dogs. He calls them the ones who do evil, the evildoers, who would say that there's some external code outside of this internal spirit that the Lord has given each one of us to guide our activity. And then he says, those mutilators of the flesh. Now, you probably don't have to think too long and hard about this, do you? The mutilators of the flesh. They have come down and said, you want, you want to be uh, more spiritual? You want to make a resolution for uh, being better Christians than what you need to do? It's to go ahead and be circumcised. Your life will be so much better. You're going to get so much uh, better. Uh, you, you'll have so much you know, better Christian spirituality. 
And what Paul is saying is he's saying, no, there's an, that's an external rule that in the end is just about mutilating flesh and getting bloody. What are they? Mutilators of the flesh. Now, some of us in this room need to be freed. Some of us in this room, myself included, need to be freed in the grace of Christ to live according to the Spirit of Christ that He has given people who are committed to Him. It's so easy, isn't it, gang? To make a resolution to say, I'm going to obey somebody else's external rule. And I'm going to work hard. And I'm going to strain every day. Okay? But what happens? What happens if you miss a morning of your devotion time at 4.30 in the morning because super extra spiritual people get up at 4.30 in the morning to do their devotion? What happens when you miss two days of that Bible reading plan that you have decided that you're going to go do and, and now you're frustrated and your, your joy is being absolutely seek, you know, it's, just, it's being sucked right out of you? There's no joy in that. There's no grace in that. But what if it is that by the Spirit of God that He is set within you? What if it is by the Spirit of God that He has setting inside of you that hopefully is guiding and directing the everyday activities that you go and do? He says, you know what? I want you, and you have an opportunity to freely engage God's Word in one hour or two hours at one sitting as opposed to 15 minutes a day. Is that okay? Can God's Spirit lead us to love Him and be committed to Him in a way that maybe is different than an external code? Okay, we need to be free. We need to be free, what Paul is saying, to live according to the Spirit of God that is being set within us. Notice what he says. It's really amazing what he says in verse 3. This the symbol of circumcision that was all about commitment and relationship with God. He says, for it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Can I tell you that you are not defined? You are not defined by how well you keep an external code. You are defined by your relationship with Jesus. You are defined by the spirit that he has set with inside of you. That's how you are defined. If you are a Christian, he has already changed you. If you have experienced the waters of baptism, you, you died to self and you rose again to live a new life. You have already been changed, gang. Uh, so you don't now need an external rules. You don't need an external code. You don't need a different lifestyle or a behavioral list that you can check mark every day because he has already done that. He has defined you through his son. 
and the spirit that he gave you. You have been set free. And your life is committed to him every day through the spirit that is inside of you. You are defined first and foremost there, way before any external code, way before any rules or regulations. The Spirit of God will lead you to the right kind of behavior. Not an external list, not an external code. And, and Paul says, hey gang, you know what? I've been there. I have been there and done that, and nobody has done better than me. That's what he says. He says, I have gone over the mountain and back when it comes to obeying all the rules. And when he gets to the other side of the mountain, you know what he realizes? There's no grace there. Notice what he says. Verse 4, he says, uh, we put no confidence in the flesh, so I have reasons for such confidence. I mean, he has all the prestige. Uh, he has all the pedigree. He has it all. He has all the power, the prestige. He has all the right people. He says, if anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day? Check. Of the people of Israel? Check, check. Of the tribe of Benjamin? Check, check, check. A Hebrew of Hebrews, you get the idea? In regard to the law, a Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. It's interesting that he mentions the tribe of Benjamin. It was the smallest tribe, but all the kings came from the tribe. Of all the 12 sons of Israel, it was Benjamin who was born in the promised land. When the, the nation of Israel split uh, between Israel and Judah, uh, it was Benjamin that housed the capital of Jerusalem. It was Benjamin that stayed loyal to David. And he says, hey, look, you know the history. I have it all. I had all the pedigree. I had all the right people. I had all the right power. I had all the right regulations. I checked off all the lists. He says, I know it looks like you're gaining when you're doing that. I know it looks like when you're getting up every morning at 4.30 to obey some external rule, that it looks like you're gaining. And he says, maybe you're losing. He says, for whatever was to my profit, I consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to surpassing greatness of knowing Jesus, uh, Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Is it wrong to do devotions at 4.30 in the morning? No, of course not. If that's you, continue. Go right ahead. But there's a seismic shift in where it comes from. What Paul is saying is, is it coming 
Is it being directed because of your devotion and commitment and the Spirit is leading you to get up at 4.30 in the morning and this, because of your commitment to Christ, uh, you recognize that something is happening with the Spirit and so you decide to get up at 4.30 in the morning or uh, has someone externally told you and you're trying to simply allow your behavior to lead you to righteousness. He says about righteousness that is sought after by simply obeying an external code. He says this. It's loss. It's loss. He says in verse 8, the very end, I consider them rubbish. I consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God. And is by faith. Some of us in the room may need a new kind of resolution. Not to obey an external code, but to get in touch with the Spirit of God that He has set with inside every Christian. To say, I, I'm, I'm not going to worry so much about an external code, but I am going to deepen my commitment to who Jesus is. I'm going to follow Jesus. I don't even know exactly what all that means, but I'm going to be listening so that I can try and figure out what it is that He would desire for me. You know what rubbish is? Paul, in saying rubbish, is using perhaps the strongest word of the entire New Testament that I'm aware of. Rubbish is what your dog does out in the backyard. Rubbish is what farmers spread across their fields in order to try and help them grow. If you have made your Christian life about obeying an external list of rules... Paul is saying, I know it might look like it. I know it might even feel like you are succeeding, that you're gaining, but you're losing. And it all is rubbish. Because he's saying, you have to know Christ. You have to try and know Him intimately. You have to try and get close to Him. And I know, I know that there has to be some level of behavior that, uh, that, that gets us close to knowing who God is. I, I get that. Uh, but again, it has to come uh, from the Spirit of God. And not from an external list. Do you believe that Jesus has given you Someone to guide you to the kind of spiritual maturity that you need? Or are you going to try and obey someone else's external list who's not the Spirit of God? So you have a choice this morning. Will you choose? A righteousness that comes by human hands. Or a righteousness that is from the Spirit of God. 
He says, I consider them rubbish that I might gain Christ, be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes by God and is by faith. Gang, it's time to stop trying. Stop trying so hard. And be set free to to live knowing God. And every day waking up and being committed to Him. Without the external rules. Without the frustration, without the angst, without the guilt, without the shame. Because the Lord loves you. He really does. But if we get in a list and a checkmark game, all the grace is gone. And we might find in the end that we've lost. It's interesting what he says in the very last two verses. Not only are we to know Christ, we're to make him known. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain to the resurrection from the dead. That one I puzzled over and puzzled over. What in the world is Paul talking about when he wants to say, I want to have fellowship in his suffering? What did Jesus come to do? He came to seek and save those who are lost. And so Paul is, Paul is simply saying, hey, hey, if any of you in the room have known what it's like to know God, to experience the free, freeing power of his grace uh, outside of an external code, if you know that kind of grace, Will you invite, will you live in such a way that your life mirrors his? That you would go home, maybe today, with such a a thorn in your side. Like Jesus had when he was seeking and saving the lost. That maybe you would have an angst every moment that other people in your life don't have Jesus, that you would suffer in that way, that you would live your life, that you might die so that they might live, that his grace would set you free to suffer like that. And all of us then can know Christ and make him known. I hope you have a new kind of resolution this year. Not on a list, but from the Spirit. Let's pray. Glorious God, I thank you for your goodness. I pray that somewhere in all the jumbled up words that you are present and that you speak truth into people's lives. Lord, that we will seek you out and know you, be committed to you, and you will give us guidance. Lord, we love you. We long to serve you. In Jesus' holy and precious name.